Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The Healing Word Program is a ministry of the Largo Community Church, where Christ is honored and people are loved. We invite you to join us in worship this Sunday at either the 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock service. For more information, visit our website at largocc.org. So on that night of nights, 2,000 years ago, the event that changed history forever, and I hope it has changed your life and my life forever also, that babe was born. Welcome to The Healing Word, a radio ministry of the Largo Community Church. Here's Pastor Jack Morris with today's message that will grow your faith in God and lead you to a closer walk with Jesus. The babe of Bethlehem is the Messiah of salvation and redemption and soon to be our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We're going to crown him. Are you expecting to be in that great coronation ceremony in heaven in that time? But let me, let me just hasten to say this, and then I'm going to move on. Before you and I ever crown him King of Kings and Lord of Lords there, we're going to have to crown him King and King and Lord of Lords here. Well, that, that's my sermon this morning. <laughs> I could stop right there. But I won't. But the Lord Jesus is coming again, and we're looking forward to his coming. And what we're going to do, whatever it is, friend, if you're going to go to a prayer meeting, go now. If you're going to start reading your Bible, do it now. If you're going to begin tithing, stop waiting and begin now. Whatever you're going to do, do it now. Because now is the only time you have and that I have. And whatever we're going to do, Let's stop procrastinating and say, today's the day of salvation. I'm going to start right now doing God's will that I already know and I've known for a long time it's God's will. And I'm going to start doing it, not just keep it up here. It's going to now become part of my life and my behavior. This babe born in Bethlehem, let me read this scripture again in your hearing from Micah. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Bethlehem in the days of Micah, well, actually there were two Bethlehems, two of them. One Bethlehem was larger than the other one. One of them was near uh, Zebulun. But the other one was only five miles from Jerusalem. And it was that little tiny Bethlehem, five miles from Jerusalem, where Jesus Christ, the Savior, the Messiah, the King, was born. And Micah prophesied, predicted 700 years in advance that he was going to, that Jesus was going to be born in that particular Bethlehem. 
Notice Micah pointed out the smallness of that little town of Bethlehem, how small it was. And it was. It was just a tiny little place. Uh, in, in this past century, there's been a shift toward uh, urbanization. But, you know, there have always been large cities. The first city to ever have reached a million residents was the city of Rome. And that happened 130 years before Jesus came. There have always been large cities. And when I was reading this, I thought, well, why didn't Jesus come? And why wasn't he born in Rome or in Jerusalem or in Alexandria? But this tiny little town of Bethlehem. But this is the town that Micah predicted that Jesus would be born in. This tiny little town of Bethlehem. 700 years. Right on the button. Bethlehem. Ephrathah. The original name of Bethlehem was Ephrathah. And the first time we read about Ephrathah was in, that is in Genesis chapter 35, where Jacob buried his beloved wife, Rachel. He buried her in Ephrathah, Bethlehem, Genesis 35. And now, all of these years later, here comes Jesus. And on that night of nights, 2,000 years ago, the event that changed history forever... And I hope it has changed your life and my life forever also. That babe was born. Now God entered the world of his creation as a baby. What a mystery. What a plan. And Mary took that little baby of hers and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. I read about this Christ who came from glory, who was with the Father from everlasting to everlasting, who was wrapped in glory and splendor. Now he comes down and is wrapped in swaddling clothes. This one who sat upon the throne of the universe now lies in a manger. This one who is surrounded by worshiping angels is now surrounded by animals. What a savior. What a way to come. What a choice. It was all by design, his perfect plan. And then the world he created didn't really want him. They didn't really want him. They, they didn't have room for him. The innkeeper said, no room. Only a common, humble stable with animals in it. And here he comes from the realms of glory, seated upon the throne of majesty, surrounded by worshiping angels. And then he comes and we say, no room. We don't have any room for you. Now, friend, Christmas is just about here. It's, it's just about honest. And I don't know, it seems to me that there are more cars on the highway and more parking lots filled with cars and more shopping centers filled with people. It, it seems that way to me uh, this, this year. There the are just people everywhere. And, and I'm, I'm loving it. You know? I think it's great. Have a wonderful time. But I'm wondering, do, do we really know that it's Jesus' birthday. <laughs> is this thing of Jesus? Is it, is it about Christ? Uh, or, or is it what the innkeeper said, no room? It, did, he, did he voice the sentiments of mankind? Now listen, listen to me just a minute. Yeah, I'm, I'm just sharing my thinking with you. I'm thinking out loud. 
there, there was a little girl who got a life-size baby doll for Christmas. She must have been, what, five years old? And that baby doll was life-size. It stood about that high, just about her height. And it came in a great big box. And uh, her mother heard her in the room just laughing and having fun uh, after she unwrapped all the packages on Christmas morning, this little girl. And the mother walked in the room, and the baby doll was standing over in the corner, and the little girl was playing with the big box that it came in. <laughs> she was having a ball. Now, could it be, just could it be, that, that, that we are playing with the trappings of Christmas but we have Jesus standing over there somewhere. Could it be? You know, people will take church. You know, they'll go to church on Christmas. I'm glad you go to church all the time. <laughs> people go to church on Christmas. People will accept church. People will accept the, the, the flowers and the trappings, the music. People will accept even the rituals and the ordinances and the sacraments of the church. People will accept the politics of the church. But when it comes down to a personal relationship with the babe of Bethlehem, the Messiah, the King of Kings, that personal relationship, they'll accept church. But will they accept Jesus? We're playing church, but has, have, have our hearts been changed? Have we been born again? Now, there's another thing, but I said born again. Do you know there's a lot of church people that, that, they, that they don't use that term, born again? And when I ask them why, they say, oh, the fanatics use that. Friend, listen, Jesus used it. Jesus said, you must be born again. Now, it didn't start with fanatics. It started with Christ himself. And if Jesus can say the word or the term... Shouldn't I be able to say it? Why am I so afraid to use the very words that Jesus used? Am I afraid that it might happen to me? That I might become born again? That I might have a relationship with the Lord? I have a relationship with the church. But do I have a relationship with him who said, I will build my church? The founder, the Lord Jesus. The church is in the heart. Not in the pew and not under the roof and not on the property. The church is the born-again believer who has experienced the new life that he came to give. Now, we have all the trappings of the church that he came, but are we truly part of the church? Pastor Morris will return in a moment with the conclusion of today's message following this important invitation. Celebrate the birth of Jesus the entire month of December, not just one day, December the 25th. May the whole month be a celebration of Jesus' birth by remembering and rejoicing why He came to take our sins to the cross. December can be like no other. Come celebrate Jesus this Sunday at the Largo Community Church, Bowie, Maryland. Website, largocc.org. Phone number, 301-249-2255. I'm Pastor Jack Morris. Now, the conclusion of today's message. Well, there were some shepherds on the hillside, and when the sky was lit up, the angels told them, there's a babe born yonder. 
They went to look. They went to see. They heard about him. And they acted upon what they heard. Friend, I'm not going to go through the Bible and say, this word belongs to me and this one doesn't. I'll cut that one out. I'll not use that one anymore, but I'll use this one. Uh, But they acted upon what they heard, the shepherds did. And then here come wise men from the east. They acted upon what they saw and what they felt within their hearts. They acted upon it. They did it now. Jesus is ready to be born now. That's what I said a moment ago. If you're ever going to do what you know you're supposed to do, do it now. While you still have life, while you still have breath, while you still have health, do it now. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You already know what it is that you're not doing, that you should be doing, that I'm not doing what I should be doing. I want to do it now for the Lord. Now, the innkeeper said there's no room, but the shepherd says there's room. We'll leave our flocks. We'll leave our occupation, our money-making job of being a shepherd. We'll leave it all to go follow the angel story. He comes first. He comes first. And they went. Here are these poor people, these shepherds, these underprivileged people, these people that didn't have a high IQ. They didn't have aptitude. They, they didn't, couldn't get a job in any other way. Anybody could be a shepherd. They were the poorest and the most ignorant, and the most uneducated, but they were the ones that Jesus' angels came to and spoke to, and they went. But then here comes the wise men. They are the intelligentsia of the day. They are the learned people, the educated people, and they come. You see, Jesus is for everybody. He's for you, friend. Have you received him yet into your heart? And you know that joy that the people talked about? when they lit the candle just a moment ago, that wonderful joy. Now, when the shepherds got there and the wise men got there, they found a baby, but not just a baby. They found the baby, and it was birthday number one, and history forever would be changed. You're being called to that manger also, friends. You're being called to the cross where he took our sins in his own body to liberate us and free us and to give us that joy and that happiness. He's the babe. He's the Messiah. The word Messiah in Hebrew means to anoint or the anointed. It's pronounced Messiah in Hebrew. In Greek, it means the same thing, to anoint, but it's pronounced Christ. And when you say Jesus Christ, you're really saying in Hebrew, Jesus Messiah. Jesus Messiah in Hebrew, in Greek, it's Jesus Christ. The anointed. He is the anointed of God. He is the one authorized to come with blessing and to do good and to give you the very gift of heaven in your life. The Messiah. One day, Jesus was walking along and John the Baptist saw him. They were cousins. And when John saw him, he said, there's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And Andrew and another disciple who had been disciples of John, immediately left John and started following Jesus. They spent the whole day with Jesus. And when Andrew had his life changed, he became so excited, he he goes home to his brother Peter, who became the apostle Peter, and said, we have found the Messiah. We have found him. First he had found them. They thought they found him, but he had really found them. And then there was that woman at the well 
Jesus talked to her about her life. You see, Jesus wants to get right there where you and I live, right in our lives, and help us with all of the difficulties and the problems. He'll talk to you about your situation. He really will. And he talked to her. And then this woman said, you know, I understand that when the Messiah comes, he will tell us all things that ever we did. You know, Jesus knows absolutely everything about you. Everything. There's nothing that is hidden. And Jesus said, I that speak to you am he. I'm, I'm the one. I'm here. I'm the Messiah. I'm here right now. And then at Caesarea Philippi, Jesus gathered all of his disciples together. And then he asked them, whom do men say that I am? And Peter with the revelation of the Holy Spirit, with his eyes, spiritual eyes, wide open. He said, I know who you are. That, those are my terms, my words, <laughs> paraphrasing. He said, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, the Son of the living God. Now, friends, if he is that, if he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, if you acknowledge him as that, and I acknowledge him in that, then let's obey him. Let's do his will. Let's follow him. Let's not just put titles on him. Let's bow before him and worship him, King of kings and Lord of lords. He's prophet. To whom else shall we go? He has the words of eternal life. And he is priest. Jesus is the mediator between God and man. He's the way, the truth, and the life. In the Old Testament, it talks about it in the New Testament very much so also. In Hebrews chapter 4, it talks about the priest that would take the blood sacrifice of the animals and once a year would go into the Holy of Holies and put that blood, just spill it out. Just take that blood, take it in, and then he would just spill it out all over the mercy seat. Only one time a year that priest would do that for the sins of the people of Israel. But then Jesus came the priest had to do it every year, but Jesus came and did it one time. And he didn't take the blood of an animal sacrifice, but he takes his own blood that, that came from his own hands, dripping into, dripping. And he takes it in before the Almighty God, standing on this side of the altar, and Jesus said, my blood, and he pours it out on the mercy seat. And God looks at that, and Jesus says, this is my love poured out for the sins of the world. This is the purpose that he came, to be our Messiah, the anointed of God, to be our prophet, to bring to us the word of God, to be our priest, to bring to us the salvation of God. Friends, he came. It's Christmas. We're not just going to stand him over in the corner like the little girl, the baby doll, and just play with all of these beautiful wrappings. Yes, we're going to have all of this too. But we need him. We need the man. We need Jesus. And he's here to bless us and to come to us. He came to establish a kingdom. The angel said in the beginning to Mary, the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. Throne, reign. It's going to be a king. When the Magi came, the Magi said, where is he that is born king of the Jews? So in the very beginning, now get this, up front, in the very beginning, he's recognized as king. 
And then at the end of his ministry, one week before he was crucified, he made that great triumphal entry into Jerusalem, riding upon that little donkey. And the people, behold, your king is coming. And the crowds burst out in shouts, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Friend, I'm thinking today, a king you bow before, a king you obey, a king you submit to. He, it's not just a word that I'm giving to somebody. It's a life, a heart that I'm giving to somebody. And it's Jesus in the very ending, king. He was brought before Pilate after, under arrest. The people charged him saying, this man claims that we shouldn't pay tribute to Caesar and that he himself is a king and the Christ. When Pilate heard that, he turned with, in amazement. Fred, come on, turn in amazement. I pray that something will get a hold of me today and you that will cause us to turn in amazement and say, hey, I've been celebrating Christmas all these years, but something's different today. I'm amazed. I'm hearing it. I've heard it before, but it's like I'm hearing it again for the first time. Pilate turned in amazement and said, are, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus says, you have said so. Pilate. Then the soldiers put a royal robe on him, and they mocked him and said, hail, king of the Jews. Friend, it's a mockery just to say it. We've got to do it. We've got to do the worshiping, not just the trappings of the worshiping. And then when they were taking him up the Via Della Rosa to Golgotha, he was carrying his cross. People were lined on either side of the walkway like a parade. The custom was that a Roman soldier would have this great big placard holding it, marching in front of him on the way up, Jesus coming behind, and it said on the placard, this is Jesus, the King of the Jews. They said it. The Roman soldiers shouted about it. Pilate became afraid of him. The people kept calling out, crucify him. But it kept coming back into the face and the ears of the people. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. And then when he was on the cross... Friend, at least I can do like the thief did and say, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Even the thief knew he was a king. And there are some people who've been going to church, participating church, even church officers, and still don't know that he is the king. Oh, they will say so, but to bow before him, to submit to his word, to open their hearts and be embraced by his love and to know the forgiveness of Jesus so many people don't know that yet. And in that last day, I'm going to turn now and I'm including Roman, uh, Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19, listen to this. This is what's going to happen. Everything I've told you so far has happened, but this is what's going to happen. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth, the mouth of the king of kings, out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. And on his road, 
and on his thigh he has a name written king of kings lord of lords amen amen Pastor Morris to pray with you about a struggle or decision you're wrestling with? The Pray Now app is available to you right now. Go to thehealingword.com, click Pray Now, and select the topic that matches your request. Pastor Morris will provide encouragement, pray with you, and deliver a brief message on overcoming and living in victory. Again, pray now at thehealingword.com. If today's message has blessed you and strengthened your faith in God, would you consider partnering with Pastor Morris and supporting the Healing Word Ministry with your prayers and donating to keep the gospel of Jesus Christ reaching thousands? Go to thehealingword.com and click the donate button to pledge your support. And remember, the faith-building message you heard today is our gift to you. Your donation is your gift to God. Join us tomorrow for another Healing Word message. Until then, blessings on you.